0: Good morning. So, before we uh, do the guided uh, meditation this morning, I'd like to take uh, a few minutes, maybe uh, 10 minutes or so, to talk about uh, a little bit about how we uh, work in meditation with uh, emotions and thoughts more specifically. So um, I don't know if you've heard about uh, Buddhism being called uh, the middle path, yeah? so the middle way. Uh, in terms of uh, working with uh, emotions and thoughts, is, um, this term really applies where we don't uh, deny or suppress, despise emotions or thoughts, and we don't also indulge. And so the middle path is the path of um, knowledge or full consciousness, mindfulness. Oh, surprise. Mindfulness. (laughs) Um, And so we want to be aware of uh, the the thoughts and the emotions, but not suppress, repress, oppress. uh, And in some case, express either. The main thing that we uh, want to do, maybe with emotions, the main thing that you might want to remember is that we want to uh, be interested in how uh, they manifest in the body. Uh, here this weekend, that would be uh, one of the main things we would want to do. Just become curious about uh, how it feels uh, to feel this emotion. Um, Often, when there is an emotion that comes, and I'm thinking here of more afflictive emotions, sadness, uh, regret, anxiety, fear, anger, yeah uh, often what we'll do is we'll, uh, uh, we'll focus on the object of, let's say, anger, that person or this event. And in the meditation, what we do is we turn around and come back to the emotion itself. It becomes the object, not the story about it, but the feeling of it, how it feels to feel it. Yeah. And So, maybe I uh, can take a moment to uh, just look at what uh, is an emotion made of. So there's a few things that you might recognize uh, as emotion uh, will show up in your uh, meditation. And another important thing is that we don't go digging for emotions. Huh? We don't go looking for them, creating them. Especially when we talk about emotions, sometimes somebody might be sitting here and saying, "I'm not feeling such strong emotion. Maybe I should. Maybe there's something wrong I'm doing. Let me conjure or." Look for some emotion. You don't have to. They're offered freely, in good time. When the conditions are right, they arise. Yeah. And uh, so, what are they made of? So, first is this uh, uh, part of it of the, in the body. There are kind of symptoms we could say of uh, agitation in the body, or uh, any emo- anger. You know, you can feel a contraction maybe in the heart, or fear, or something shooting down the arms. People will have different um, uh, manifestations in the body of emotion. But here, we want to become interested in that. Yeah? So that's one part of it. And often, maybe I could say that emotion uh, will show up around the belly, chest, throat area. All this often is a uh, central uh, places for emotion to appear. And so you can become interested in that. Leave the story. So it comes often with the story also, the body and the story. Something to tell about what's happening or what happened in the past or what might happen in the future, if there is fear of future, or uh, even uh, planning. We could put in a, this uh, category of emotions or mind states, maybe. Kind of a compulsive planning of the day and the lunch and next week. You know, we have all kinds of. Uh, Planning here. I remember sitting a, a long retreat here and spending like almost 50 percent of the time the first week in planning laundry. What was that about? <laughs> I don't know, but there was like I was calculating socks and underwears and T-shirts and how many days and and <laughs> so until at some point I thought, so what's going on here? <laughs> you know. So there was the story. I could have stayed focused on sucks and, <laughs> and stuff, but at some point I had to turn around and feel like, what's what's in the body when I'm when I'm planning compulsively like this? You know, how does it feel? Yeah. So another aspect that became obvious for me is was the uh, pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutrality that I spoke about yesterday. Some yeah. So it might be very clear that. Uh, it's un- this emotion is unpleasant to feel, fear is unpleasant to fear to feel, you know. Gratitude often is pleasant to feel. Yeah, so we can tune in onto this aspect of the experience, not um, so much the thoughts. Even in gratitude, you know, I could be sitting here and like, I'm so happy to be here. I love this place, and I love everybody, and I love the staff, and and I love all the yogis, you know, and I'm. I can also get caught in gratitude in the story. So in this practice here, I would come back and say, how does gratitude feel in the body? Oh, it feels like this or like that, you know? And you can feel it. And is it pleasant? Yes, it is pleasant. Yeah? Okay. Um, And so apart from the body, the pleasantness, or the um, story, there's also a a kind of a tone in the mind. A, a flavor or a taste that has a specific taste for sadness, a specific flavor, or I don't know, I, I want to use all of the kind of senses as images. There's a kind of landscape that comes with uh, hope, hopelessness or hopefulness or confidence. You see, my range of emotion and mind states is very wide. Huh? It's, uh, it, mind state inclu- would include for me. Uh, Feeling confident or calm, yeah. With, so it has a, a certain, um, yeah, flavor to it that I can become aware of. So I can be interested in oh, so what's calm like? Let me really taste calm. Let me r- taste boredom. Boredom. That's that's a kind of. Experience in the mind or in the body, yeah. And a, a last maybe bit that makes what an emotion or a state of mind is—that's a little bit more tricky. But we can become aware of that: is that uh, perceptions are altered in a certain way. People feel uh, like enemy; appear to be enemies. People people appear to be good friends, you know. Time appears to be going way too slow. Time appears to be going fast. So uh, the perceptions are changed. So we can become aware of that. So you see how we're coming out of being fooled by the, uh, the state of mind to becoming aware of all um, its impacts on the body-mind process? And so, maybe I'll give you, and some of you will know this um, acronym that we use often here. You might connect with this or not, and you might want to play with that or not, but it also serves to explain how we uh, practice with uh, emotions. The acronym is RAIN, yeah? so every letter means something here, as acronyms do, I think. So the R is for recognition. So as I sit here, if there's a, a certain mind state that is prevalent, I might not recognize it. I might just think I have to get out of here. I have to get in my car and go see my friends, you know. And if I uh, apply this R, I can recognize what's going on. Is there's a strong desire for something else? So I'm in the grip of desire. For something else to happen, I can recognize and name, oh, desire to be somewhere else. Or, uh, you know, um, everybody sits like Buddhas, everybody is so quiet, so calm, and I'm the only one who can't do this, you know. Oh, recognition, doubt, doubt, I'm naming to you some of the classic kind of hindrances, difficult mind state that will happen in the meditation. Doubt will come. You know, It's for everybody else, but not for me. Or another practice would work better for me. You know, so I stop actually being attentive to the processes of life, inner life, and, and I'm caught in something. So recognition is just naming. Fear. I don't know if you remember yesterday, I named this uh, kind of noting that you can do Fear feels like this. Yeah? So the naming is very important. Sometimes it's actually just enough to give a certain perspective, to not be kind of identified, stuck in. So I just name, oh, calm. Even you could uh, do it with beautiful mind state, calm. It's good to, to name it, recognize it. So that's the R, recognition. Then the A is for allowing, accepting. Accepting that it's there right now. Right now there's agitation. Right now there's uh, uh, another of the hindrances in meditation. The, the difficult mind state is sloth and torpor. Yeah. So, oh, <coughs> sloth and torpor. You, know, you name it, so you, suddenly you can... It helps you become aware of its presence, that it's happening right now. Oh, okay. So that's the R, recognition. Allowing is, this is how it is right now. Not uh, wanting it to go away, wanting the fear to go away, the agitation to go away. Just allowing it to be here. Uncertainty. This is uncertainty. Can I allow uncertainty, sadness, to be here? Grief. Oh, grief, recognition. A allowing, accepting, grief is here. Can that be okay for now? And the I is for interest. So that's where for me there's a kind of a revolution in the mind, especially with uh, afflictive emotions. Instead of wanting to get rid of it, instead of uh, maybe habitually denying it, instead of wanting to um, avoid it at all costs, or blame myself for it, or in it, I bring this new way of relating to this emotion. I bring interest, and the interest is the attention to the body. It's like how ah, fear feels like this. In the feels like this, there is an invitation to actually feel it, not feed it with thoughts, as we 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 cannot usually do, like think about it and kind of feed it with thoughts. Just become aware that it's here. Grief feels like this. Let me be interested in something that is there anyway. So it does take some amount of courage, I think, there. But I think we all do have this courage to actually turn towards it or allow it to be there and be felt in the body. So that's the investigation or interest, the eye in RAIN. The interest in investigation is not analytical. I don't want to think about it, where it comes from. It might be very useful in another technique, in another approach. In this approach here, we want to feel it in the body, in the mind, as it's happening. So the interest is not discursive. The interest is more silent, is more Almost like a touch. Uh, I don't know if you can relate to how I'm saying it now. So it's a silent, like, let me feel sadness. Sadness. Oh, yeah, there's this thing in the heart. The grief, the tearing of the heart. I don't know if you can... That's how I often experience grief. It tears the heart. Okay, so tearing feels like this feels like this? Can I allow it? So you can see that in this rain, they're kind of mixed. It's not like steps so much as I keep recognizing that it's there, keep allowing it to be there, and I keep being interested in it. And then the last letter is N. It's for non-identification. And so there can be a tendency to, uh, uh, maybe say something like, I'm so fearful, I've always been fearful, I'm a fearful person. No, fear is here. This is a visiting force that comes when the conditions are right, inner or outer conditions. Fear arises. This is not me. It's there. I'm not denying it. So again, for me, this is the middle path here. I don't go in the extreme of identification, and I don't go in the extreme of irresponsibility. I go right in the middle where there's consciousness about what's there. Yeah? So imagine identification with, um, there's rage inside of me. And suddenly there's this thought that crosses my mind. I'm gonna, that person. If I fall in the extreme of identification, that makes me a really bad person to think that. Yeah, that's problematic. If I fall in the extreme of irresponsibility, I might act on this that might hurt somebody. Yeah? In the middle path, I just recognize, oh, murderous rage, present. You know, Do you see the beauty of this? To me, this is amazing. I can recognize, oh, murderous rage is here. It feels like this. I allow it to be there. Yeah? I don't feed it. I want to become very. That's something I really want to be conscious of when it's there. You know? and feel the effect on it, on the body, yeah? Be interested in it. Not identify, not deny, not guilt, just pure, beautiful responsibility. This is here. Let me know this, how it manifests. And sing pass, sing it pass also, yeah? So maybe that's already uh, many words uh, around uh, emotions. So you'll see in the practice that we're going to do this morning and during the day, if emotions arise, how you can find your way using the rain or not, and using your intuition to see how can I actually uh, let this be known and see the arising of it the life of it and the passing of it in body, in perception, in thoughts. Yeah? Okay. So um, please uh, find your seat for the half hour meditation that we'll do together. let yourself connect with the body sitting there's one very revered teachers a teacher who said said many times just sit here know that you're sitting and the whole of the dharma will be revealed so that's a very very simple instruction for meditation just sit here and know that sitting is happening, and as you do that, maybe the breath appears in the field of consciousness, and it can be a uh, Beautiful area of investigation, of knowing, getting to know the breath. Beautiful refuge of attention. Becoming intimate with sitting. Letting the attention possibly embrace the breath, the breathing process. at the belly, or the chest, or around the area of the nostrils and upper lip. As you're sitting here being aware of sitting or breathing, maybe sounds come to the foreground of your experience and you let sounds be known. Let them appear, live and disappear. Sit here, aware of body, breath, sound. Maybe a mind state becomes more obvious to you. Some tight mind and body are calm. And you can be interested in how calms manifests or how disinterest manifests right now As you're attentive to sounds, or breath, or physical sensations, maybe a mood becomes apparent in your experience. Can recognize and name it sadness, ease, irritation, joy feels like this. You allow it to be there. and be known just as it is without falling for the stories it might want to tell. No particular emotions are there. It's actually totally fine and natural. You can notice the passage and fluctuations. different phenomena, like sensations and sounds and thoughts. If an emotion was to become uh, overwhelming for you, see if you can find a place in the body where you don't feel this emotion. Maybe in the hands or feet, in the earlobes, an area of neutrality in the body. Or you could bring your attention to sounds, or open your eyes. Feel your body resting on Earth, safe here. Thoughts are happening, you can become aware of uh, maybe the tone of the thoughts, or the charge, the energy that comes with them. It might be fueled by a certain emotion that is unrecognized, or maybe not. Some thoughts, when uh, noticed, Just disappear, vanish instantly. Others appear to be more sticky, more serious. Often they have an emotion related to them that you might be able to recognize. If a strong sensation has come to your body somewhere, you might want to recognize that it's there and see if you can allow it to be there, bring some interest to it, seeing if it's uh, something solid or something changing, pulsating, pushing. Pulling, or heat radiating. And bring attention also to the relationship you have with this strong sensation. Do you fear it, despise it? Can you allow it to be there just as it is? with its uh, unpleasantness, maybe. Find the epicenter of this strong sensation and the outer edges. Maybe also how it is if you put attention on hearing. She opened the eyes. Become aware of the quality of this mind that is meditating right now. Is it uh, concentrated, scattered, contracted, open? You will have your own word for it, but find what are the qualities that are there. Is it lethargic or energetic? caught free, resisting, desiring something else, or contented. Allow this mind to be known just the way it is right now. Maybe notice some changes as you are present with it. Please notice the changes that are going to appear in the mind and body as you hear the bell ring and following the bell. Thank you for your practice. So we have 15 minutes for um, question and answers again this uh, morning for Anushka or and I. Yes. Question is around. First, she's saying that uh, there's been conversation between her and her mind this weekend, doing a lot of what we have uh, suggested here. And but now the question that arises, like, so who's the me in that conversation? (laughs) Or yeah. So um, I'll be curious to hear maybe Anushka after. But uh, (laughs) but my quick answer would be (laughs) that in Buddhism we get rid of this very quickly. It's, it just doesn't apply. There's no me to be found in, in the Buddhist practice. That's what we'll discover with, uh, um, you know, a, attentive, sustained practice. Is that there's no me in there. There's not one that that is the me uh, rather than the other. But there are voices speaking, <laughs> you know, and some were more identified with maybe than others. You know, oh, this is my mum speaking, or this is my dad speaking, or this is the this the Captain speaking, and this is the little girl speaking, you know. But uh, um, I remember there was a, I, I can't remember if it was actually a teen retreat or a young adult retreat, maybe a teen retreat, where there's a, a young woman who asked me, uh, she said, You know, sometimes I'm like just so cool and loving, and, and like I'm just such a good person, and other times, so, other times I'm like so, you know, and she had a bunch of words there, you know, like so tight or so. Calculating or so cheap or so something. It's like, who am I? You know, and I said, Oh well, in Buddhism, that doesn't apply because sometimes there is the presence of generosity in the mind, and that's what makes the movements and say the word, says the word. Sometimes it's fear of lack, and that's what s- thinks and acts, you know. And so it's basically all you want to do is become aware of. What is leading the show? Is it fear? Is it that is uh, making speech happen, thoughts happen, and action happen? You know, and it's, it's a quality of mind, it's a factor of mind that is at play. And so sometimes it's wisdom, sometimes it's delusion. And the practice of meditation is just to become discerning about what force is at play in there, and you have to ahhi pasiko check it out for yourself. You know, but there's nothing that is inherently self or me the real me is nowhere to be found there's just uh, the the dangerous wolf and the good wolf and it depends on which one you're going to feed that is going to become who you will maybe identify with or not in the best case there would be no identification at, at all just a clear recognition that oh this Energy of quality of mind is not to be acted on, or is not to be nourished or fed. You know, and this other is beautiful. It's helpful for me, helpful for others, beneficial. Let's feed this. Anushka, on. uh...
1: I don't know if I have anything so much to add um, to that, but one way to consider it is like the wisdom factor is there, is developing and awakening. And so the times that we can see clearly this is just a thought and not identify with it, then it's like that's the wisdom factor. But there's nothing personal about the wisdom factor. It's wisdom, there's wisdom, right? Uh, And in some ways you could consider it's like the wisdom eye is opening, you know, and then, but it's blinking. (laughs) Alas, it's blinking. So then sometimes it's like, oh, wisdom and then, like shut for sometimes a while and then open again, like that. Um, and one interesting thing to notice with the thoughts and emotions as Pascal was um, describing them is like um, you know oftentimes we're caught in the part of the the level of thinking that's like the puppet show that's going on. You know, it's like the words of the thoughts or the story of the thoughts or the images of the thoughts, which is like, um, oh, he said this, and then I said this, and then mm-hmm, 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 right. And underneath of that is usually, particularly in repetitive thought patterns or repetitive things, like some strong emotion that's actually fueling that. So it's good to to um, train yourself to to start to tune into that level. Like, well, what is actually the uh, energy of intention underneath of the different thought patterns that are going on? Uh, and sometimes it's something surprising. Uh, so you could even actually just let the puppet show kind of roll on but drop the attention down, and oftentimes it's in the body. You can feel like, okay, it's fear or anger or sadness. Right? Now, the thoughts that are often sort of the um, uh, narrative about oneself, you know, which I think is a little bit what you're describing sometimes, it's like the story of me. It's like, well, here's me doing this, and here's my meditation practice, and here's my laundry plan, and right, like about these things, is uh, is interesting to see that playing out. And the more you can see, like, oh, it's just, it's just that. It's just actually this story. Like, um, sometimes I would name it, like, the press office. You know, it's like putting out press releases to prove the existence of some me. You know, it's like, here's the story of me, and here's what I'm going to do, and here's what other people think of me. And sometimes the quieter that it gets, the more that press office... Furiously turns up releases to prove the existence of some self. You know? So just notice that with interest. And if you tune into the level of like, well, what is it that's uh, fueling that, um, sometimes you can notice it's fear. You know? uh, like there's some fear, some sense of like oh, non-existence or something like that. But it all is actually just really interesting to hold that question and to explore it with awareness. like, who is this me? Where can I find this me? Is there such a thing? As the permanent uh, continuous me and if so where is that so these are actually like really great questions that have been held for thousands of years and the practice and a retreat is a great place to explore it too. So your family feels like uh, he's describing that he's, when he's trying to be um, mindful and practice at home. Then his family sometimes relates that it seems like he's disconnected because he's being more careful about what he's saying and the words and things like that, like more less spontaneous or something like that. Is it yeah,
2: less,
1: less energized? Less energized. Okay. Less energized yeah but also um less reactive. Mm, less reactive, but then he also experiences being more calm in those uh, spaces right? yeah it's interesting you know we're we're all used to um each other behaving in certain ways, and then sometimes when that flow gets disrupted, even in what could be a positive way, it's a little disconcerting, <laughs> you know, like what's happening there and um it's, it could be interesting to notice just for yourself, too. Like, what is it happening in the practice? And I think it's, it's understandable that there's a, um, a progression of also feeling more uh, like slowing down and being conscious and all of that, right? And it would seem like less reactive is a good result of that. <laughs> uh, but sometimes for some people it's like, oh, but you're no longer predictable. I don't know how you're going to react or you know, what is happening with you. Uh, so maybe you could also explain to them a little bit about what it is you're doing and why, you know, to understand that and even give them some taste of the practice, too. Uh, so I think with the practice, it, it is like a practice, right? So it's kind of like, um, if you're learning to do anything, like um, you're learning to play basketball, you know, the first time that you start to play basketball, you have to be very conscious about it. You know, so as you're doing a layup, it's like, okay, left, bounce, right, bounce, left, bounce, up, shoot, right, so then you do that, and then you do that over and over and over, and then after a while it becomes like fairly fluid, and then it doesn't seem like you're you're following these steps, right? But there is some point at which it does seem like you're following steps, or even like uh, the acronym Pascal suggested, rain. So uh, this is true of learning anything, you know, even driving, as I was suggesting. Like there's a stage in which you have to be very conscious of what you're doing. Um, so. I think you could just take it like, okay, this is maybe some step in the progression and notice how it is. And uh, this is part of dukkha, it's like uh, the unsatisfactoriness that people are not always satisfied with uh, how it is. All right. Anything?
0: Yeah. Um, the only little thing I would add, and I'm, I might be, uh, I know so. L- I know nothing about you. (laughs) Basically, we could say that, but is um, sometimes our um, like check the genuine genuineness of your calm, you know. And if it is, then you can really count on it. And I don't want you to start doubting it. But sometimes we, if we look really and honestly, sometimes we can say, oh. This is a apl- kind of applied quietness. Like that's my new way to actually react to what's happening. <laughs> you know, before I would get angry. Now I, I just get very Buddhistly quiet. You know, <laughs> and so and people might feel that also. And it, and I might be totally wrong on that. But it's for you to check. Like no, there's actually a real calm and balance in the situation where I would usually be reactive, and people expect me to react more and get more involved so you can really trust that if it's like this but sometimes you can feel like okay so now there's just a new coping way you know well so uh, so that may be just one thing you want to be aware of or not yeah.
1: So the sense of self and the arising of sense of self is very slippery and so sometimes there can be created a new sense of self around like being someone who meditates or something so you could like keep an eye out for that too
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Um, would you use the same method for dealing with physical pain?
0: Of the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, would you use the same method of uh, dealing with the physical pain? Actually, I in the meditation instruction, I suggest kind of suggested it at some point, and I was surprised myself. I was like, well, oh, that could apply to this. Just you know, because I could be sitting here. When are they going to ring the bell? When are going to? And I was like, so what's actually going on, Pascal? Oh, it hurts. You know, recognizing, can, can, it, can it hurt happen? Can, you know, uncomf- discomfort happen? Allowing it, being, bringing curiosity to it? Like, what is this hurt made of? And apart from the opinion I have about it, the you know, fear I have, what is this made of? Okay, so it's doing this in here, you know, and not taking it personal. It's, this is earth being known, the earth element, you know, of pressure. Being known, you know, it's nothing personal. Pressure happens, you know, and so yeah, I guess. And with that, with the discomfort, I would be very interested also in the relationship that the mind has to it, the fear of it, the hating it, the judging oneself for it, the projecting in the future. You know, they're gonna have to cut my leg, you know, because now it's numb and. I'm going to lose my leg, you know? (laughs) And so being aware of what the mind does with the the situation. So, yeah. Thank you.
2: I have one physical question. Um, It's two and a half years since I started my practice. When I close my eyes, I get this pressure. I am dealing with pressure throughout my meditation all the time. It's annoying as sin. I sat with it, I thought of it. What's it feel like? What's it look like? Is that just some physical response that you heard in your 20,000 years of meditating? you heard this before. No. If you might heard it. Have you heard of an answer?
1: <laughs> 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 so the question is around pressure in the head. Just right up. Yeah, tightening in the head and experiencing that um, and um, almost every time you meditate. 95% of the time. 95% of the time. And is there... Um, how to work with that, basically. and He's tried exploring it and bringing attention to it. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and do you have this pressure in the head other times in your life, too? No. When I go to sleep, it's not there. It, only when I go to meditate. Only when you go to meditate. Okay. So it's not there when he goes to sleep. It's not there other times. just when he goes to meditate. Um, so, you know, in the balance of this kind of like being relaxed but also being alert, like sometimes there can be um, the development of a conditioning of like a little bit too much uh, effort in the meditation. That would be the first thing that I would consider to uh, check out, but now, even as I say to check it out, then that becomes another meditation task, which then you apply effort to, right? <laughs>
2: um,
1: so uh, actually, it's like on the relaxed side, so on the surrender side, you know, on the receptive side. Uh, and when you're paying attention, and when you, when you start to meditate, um, what do you do? Like, do you bring attention to the breath, or you take a certain posture? or I went
2: too deep? Meditation, quiet. It may ease. Mm. Um, but that's not guaranteed. It has to be a deep where I've been before. It's there. It's and there, it, 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 as if, um, in the breath, in the in, in the body, if um, my mind drifts, it's
1: there. And when you begin meditation, do you try to bring attention to the breath as an object, or what is the technique that you're using?
2: As soon as I close my eyes, it's there. I don't get a chance to even stop. Uh-huh. Moment is not there. But as soon as I start engaging in something.
1: Yeah. So whenever he starts engaging in in meditation as an activity, then this tension comes. Yeah. So that actually, even that itself is like a very interesting thing to notice. You know, so uh, it's like when is meditation and when is not meditation? And and like what is the difference between those things? So I would say experiment with them actually. Being very open and uh, keeping your eyes open in meditation. Like in <laughs> yeah, in quote unquote meditation. Um, also, if you are directing yourself attention to something different, like the breath or something like that, let that go and try opening to the sense of hearing. You know, as a space, uh, just receptive to hearing, and just allowing different sounds to come and go within that. But if all of that seems, even that can seem like some effort, like if sort of the effort mechanism has got conditioned into crunching up, right? Uh, you remember in the beginning I was saying, like, oh, when you go into meditation retreat, it's like you're going diving or something, like you put on this wetsuit. So actually, just imagine yourself falling backwards. Like, you know, like if you, if you were actually diving, you put on your flippers and then you fall off the boat backwards, and then just letting gravity do its thing. So actually, your effort is non effort. So just allowing, and then see what happens. So make it as little as meditation as possible like that. And see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: And one thing I would add maybe is uh, just uh, one of the central t- teaching in Buddhism is uh, the Four Noble Truths. I don't want to get all in, into all of it, but the first truth is we're often separated from what we want. We often have to deal with what we don't want, so the pressure on the head or anything else, you know. And so for me, often in my practice, if there's something that is there that I want to get rid of or in my life, or sometimes I'll just recognize this. Wow, this is such a universal experience. In life, we're often separated from what we want, you know. And my sense was that you you want this to ease, no? This, uh, yeah. And so, doing everything you do and what Anushka uh, offers, but also this something poignant about this (laughs) now. Wow, we're often separated from what we want. Now it's this thing, but sometimes it's this thing, sometimes it's that thing. You know, (laughs) the past, the future. You know, and to me is, can I relax into this so human experience of being separated from what I want and not being able to get what I want? Can I actually recognize, maybe do the rain on that, you know? How oh, separated from what I want feels like this. Can I allow it to be like this? How does it feel to not have what I want? Uh, this is one of the beautiful practices also of uh, acceptance. Okay. okay, so do you want to say something about walking? Or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I liked his answer too. Dukkha, meditation on Dukkha. <laughs> so uh, just a little bit more about the walking practice. And we will also have more time for questions later in the evening too if you didn't get to get answered a uh, question. So the, the walking practice um, is a very uh, helpful one to practice because it's very applicable to your regular life. So you know, many people feel like, well, in my regular life, I don't really sit with my eyes closed that much. But I bet that you walk, right? Like you walk places to your car to your office to the tea, to the subway etc so actually practicing this even just knowing what is it like when uh, i'm embodied and walking and what is it like when i'm not like what is it like to be present while in motion and what is it like to be not is a really helpful practice to be aware of and cultivating this means like just training your attention to be present and just knowing when you're not present uh, is very worthwhile. So I'll give you two more possible um, things to play with in the walking meditation. And they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. So meaning one of them is actually, if you're moving at a fairly uh, fast speed, uh, you can actually just notice the sense of your body moving through space sometimes. So not being as detailed about the feet and legs, but just having this experience of feeling the body moving through space and what that's like. And then just noticing when... You've gone off into some daydream or something like that, noticing that. You can even notice where the mind went. Uh, And then reconnecting with the body, connecting, moving through space. So in that one, you can actually include whatever it is that is in your experience of seeing and hearing, which are happening in the present moment, uh, but just in a sort of more large-scale way, feeling the body in space. The other end is a bit more, uh, if you're oriented towards more detail, if you're feeling like interested in that, then you can actually uh, notice more and more levels of detail in the movement of walking. So one way to help yourself tune into that is uh, to use a technique that we call um, mental noting. So this is where you actually use a label in your mind to kind of caption or highlight what it is that you're paying attention to. And it's not like a command to tell yourself to step or to walk, but just to identify what it is that you're focusing on. So for example, uh, if you're walking, you could note in your mind, lifting, moving, placing, lifting, moving, placing. Or if you're walking faster, you could just notice stepping, 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 like that. Or you could even walk more slowly and note even Three parts to every sub step. You know, like. And you, can, you don't even have to use words. Sometimes you can just go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, in that way, actually, just tuning the attention into the direct sensations of the body in each of those uh, movements. Right. So, when you're using this noting technique, um, only about 5% of the attention uh, could be on the word in the mind. And again, it's just like a whisper kind of caption. So 95% of the attention is on the direct experience of the sensations as the body is in motion. And the noting can also be helpful uh, because you can notice when your attention is elsewhere. You know, when you're saying, uh, in the mind is like placing, but actually you're thinking about something else. Or when you've started to mix up the uh, parts of the step or something like that. And you can also note where your mind went. Oh, thinking. Okay, planning. And then coming back. And then at the end of your uh, path also is an interesting place to notice the standing. So you walk and then standing and then recollect the attention in the body. And then noticing turning, what it's like feels like to turn. So this is also an interesting moment of noticing like, oh, how is my attention in moments of transition? Because this is also... A lot of transitions in life, so how am I in transitions in general in life, right? Can I stay with them? Can I be present as things are changing in this? And then starting back again. The noting also is something that can give you a sense of this quality of attention. So if there's some attention that's like uh, over-efforting, if you're like yelling at yourself in this, like, you know, stepping, stepping, like sort of military, you know, marching, you notice that in the tone. It's like, okay, can just relax a bit more, right? Or if it gets so soft and wafty, then you can notice like, okay, maybe tune in a bit more, right? So it also is a technique you can use in the sitting practice too with the breath, Uh, noticing breathing in, breathing out, or in, out, and then noticing, hearing, thinking, planning like this, right? Uh, but you can try it in the walking meditation for some people it helps to feel like uh, you're more connected to the stepping and walking one more tip I give is uh, sometimes we conceive of uh, ourselves or consciousness as residing in the head here right? and then it seems like oh and the feet are a long way away like down there so then it seems hard to pay attention to be grounded in the experience of the feet or the body because uh, it's like up here looking down something. So that's just a concept, actually. You know, consciousness, like where does consciousness lie? You know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not easy to identify that like that. But because of that is often an image that we have of where the me resides or where attention resides, you could imagine in the beginning of your walking meditation, like... Um, Sinking the consciousness down, like, like almost like on an elevator, like you know, uh, into the feet or into the lower part of the body. And then sort of actually begin with awareness in the body itself, the lower part of the body. Right? So that way then if you're going to engage in um, thinking this and that, then it actually means a trip up, not already there. So that's just a little like, way to play with it too. So feeling the body moving through space, sinking the consciousness down, uh, and playing with the mental noting things. So have fun with it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.